My guest this week is Daniela Blechner from Conscious Dreams Publishing, and we talk about the how and the why of self-publishing your business book or novel. Welcome to episode 234 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. I'm Roger Edwards, a marketing guy and keynote speaker from Edinburgh. Talk to me if you want to cut the BS and the complexity from your marketing strategy. Hello and welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Thank you as always for downloading or streaming the show. You know, I really do appreciate you taking the time to do that. This week is a really apt episode, a really apt guest. I've just completed the beta reader version of my upcoming book on putting together a simple marketing strategy. And that means I can actually send out the beta reader version to people and get their comments. So I'm a step closer to publishing my book. And this week's guest, Diana Blechner, is an expert on self-publishing. Now, some people might say there was method in my madness getting Daniela on the show, but it's a complete coincidence. Honest. So, if you're thinking of publishing a book, whether it's a business book or that novel you've always had in you, this is a great interview with lots and lots of great ideas to how to get your work out there and to how to market your book. So, let's get straight into that interview with Daniela right here on the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Daniela, welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Hello, thank you very much for having me, Roger. How are you? I'm very well, Daniela. Thanks for asking. So where are we Skyping each other from? I'm I'm in Edinburgh, as always. Aha, I'm in London. Excellent. So we're going to talk today about publishing. Now, interestingly enough, quite a lot of the people who listen to the podcast, indeed, quite a lot of my customers, have got this desire to publish a book, mainly business books, but there are some who also write fiction as well. And indeed, quite a few of the guests that I've had on the podcast in the past have published books themselves. Uh, Pete Matthew is one person who comes to mind, uh, who published a book called Meaningful Money, which was a guide to looking after your finances. So there's a lot of interest in in book publishing. And, and and I'm at the stage now where I have a book which is has been edited by a professional editor. And I'm now in that stage now where if I can overcome my imposter syndrome, I might actually get round to publishing it myself. But before we get into a chat about book publishing and the services that you offer through your company, maybe give me a little bit of background about yourself, Daniela, where you came from, how your career developed, and, and basically what makes Daniela Bletchner tick? <laughs> what makes me tick it? Okay. So a bit about my story, first of all. Um, I've always wanted to write. So it's been a passion of mine. Um, I started writing my first book in my mid twenties, I think. Um, uh, the book that I was actually writing wasn't actually the book that I published first of all. So I published my first book in 2014. My journey was very much about, you know, I did everything by route. I read, you know, a book called Getting Published by Harry Bingham. You know, wrote a query letter, tried to get an agent, tried to go the traditional route and realised actually I had a lot of responses saying, you know, Danielle, this is fantastic, great writing, very witty, quite topical. However, you know, we're looking for somebody who's got more of a marketing campaign or more of a platform or an audience. Um, And it was then I realised actually during this time of me sending off my proposals, I was literally waiting and I stopped writing. And I realised that I wasn't actually waiting for a response. I was waiting for validation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I did, I, I went about setting up my own publishing company and I extensively researched, you know, how to publish a book, how to market a book. And I published it myself. 
um, and it did really well. Um, got onto the bestseller list, beat Steve Harvey's book, How to Act Like a Man, Act Like a Lady, Act Like a Man, Think Like a Man, Act Like a Lady. That was it. <laughs> so it did really well. And from there, I had lots of people coming to me saying, well, how did you do this? And how did you get this press coverage? And so I was helping people as a labor of love because my profession is teaching. And so I was mentoring people through the publishing process. I was helping them to get their books published. And then some of them, you know, did really well. And I thought, hold on a second. I've actually got to establish this as a business. So I set up Conscious Dreams Publishing and as, as a publishing house and started to publish, you know, other authors. And so over the last three years, we've published over 60 books. I've mentored over 180 authors and aspiring authors, helping them to not only develop their skill set in writing and publishing, but also social media, marketing, branding, public speaking and confidence. So what really makes me tick is being able to offer a platform for unseen, unheard voices and publishing work that inspires, educates and empowers others. Um, Because I think everyone's got a unique story, a unique journey, and no one can ever quite share our story or journey the way that we can. And we can really help to transform other people through through sharing Mm. things. So Mm. that's really what makes me tick. I love Conscious Dreams Publishing. That's a great name. I love that. It's fantastic. And and I guess, I mean, I don't know a great deal about book, book publishing. And obviously things have changed massively over the last decade as we've moved into the era of being able to self-publish on Amazon and that sort of thing. And I guess the the, the preconceptions I've always had in my head are that if you want to if you want to write a book and get it published, then you've got to come up with a proposal, maybe write a couple of chapters, go along to somebody like Harriman House and pitch it to them. And, you know, you might do that to 10 or 15 different publishers and the majority of them will turn you down. They may not even give you a reason why they've turned you down. It'll be a no thank you, bye bye, whatever. And, you know, maybe quite a a demoralizing process where, of course, today, you know, you can literally do it all yourself. I'm not saying that's the best idea because you've got, as you've said already, you've got to take into account marketing, social media, your personality, but you could do that. It's a completely different world that we live in now. But how, how are those traditional, have those traditional publishing companies changed at all are they is it as hard to get it published by a traditional publishing firm now or is or is that changed as well it's interesting having this conversation on another podcast this morning actually um so traditional companies i think are changing i think they're getting a little bit more savvy in the sense that they're realizing the power of self-publishing so Mm. you know when i first started out i was very much right you know get an agent get published traditionally that's the way you're meant to do it but actually technology is changing people are becoming more savvy people are they've got more resources at their fingertips digital media marketing social media has changed the face of how we're able to market and promote things now so so I think that, um, you know, you know, when I was applying for an agent, for example, you know, back back in the day, they used to they either accept you or they don't. So they were asking me questions like, you know, have I got a marketing plan? What's my platform? What's my social media? And I was just I was an author at that point. This is over 10 years ago. I, I, I didn't know. I, platform? What do you mean? So they're asking a lot more from authors, I think, mm-hmm. because they make sure that they've got an pl- existing platform. So. They're taking less risks in that sense, but they're also becoming really savvy to the fact that so many people are, you know, able to self-publish properly. I mean, anyone can self-publish, but it's doing it properly mm. and then successfully. And so, for example, I, I think they're called Matador. Yeah, Matador have set up their own division or no, it's either called Matador as a division, but there's lots of companies, Pegasus, that's it. There's lots of these companies that are setting up their own offshoot 
um, self-publishing division so that people who want to have authority over their book and to be more in charge of the vision are still able to self-publish. Hay House are the same. Mm. So they, you know, they've got their own traditional publishing house, but those who want to self-publish can also go through their self-publishing division. So they're making accommodations for both because self-publishing, I think, is becoming more reputable um, and a lot more successful and recognised. And so it is creating some healthy competition there in the industry, I think. Yeah, and again, maybe one of the preconceptions I've had as well is that if you did get a publishing deal and and let's again stick with the traditionals before we move on to what you're doing but if you did get a publishing deal I thought they would handle all the marketing and all the publicity and all of that sort of thing do they actually expect the authors to do that themselves I mean as you said if you're an author you're not a marketing expert so how can you possibly do it well it depends I think I was this is what the agents were saying to me so the agents may be pitching me to you know other traditional companies that are not as well known if that makes sense so obviously I think if you're publishing through Penguin or HarperCollins they've got their audience at their fingertips they've got their marketing they've got their established links of retailers Mm. so I mean I would always promote my book with whoever you know I was published through but I think as an author you can probably afford to not you know, be on the marketing wheel 24 um, seven. But I think smaller traditional companies would, would still want you to have some level of marketing mm. um, as an author. Definitely. And I, th- I do, I think, I do think it's important. I think it's just important for you to establish yourself as an individual and, and brand yourself as an author too. I think that's, especially if you're creating something that's your passion and that you love. So for me, if I, if Penguin had published me, for example, I would still be using probably because I love, I love promoting and marketing in that sense anyway, and coming up with good, interesting ways of um, creating different promotions, but I, I would still market my book, but I, I wouldn't be expected to, to do that solely by myself. No, I guess it's, I mean, from my own point of view, if I think about myself as a marketing career person, and I've been doing yeah. marketing 20, 26, 20, nearly coming up for 30 years now thinking about it. And, and I've written a book. So Obviously, I would be able to use my marketing skills to promote yeah. my book. But of course, if I was just a, a fiction author or or, a, or something else and I hadn't got that marketing background, then I think it obviously would be a lot harder. And that's where you yeah. come in and that's how you can help people not only write it and, and do all the physical stuff you need to end up with a either a, a nice book in your hand or, a, an, or an electronic copy, I guess. That's where your expertise comes in as well. Yeah, I think marketing is important. Um, I offer free 30-minute consultations and there's sometimes I've spoken to authors and they say, you know, I've published a book before. Okay, how's it doing? I haven't sold any books, many books. Mm. Well, what's happening? Why, why not? Have you promoted your book? No. <laughs> because they don't, they don't know how to. They haven't got that. Maybe they're not on social media or they, they, they haven't researched the, the, you know, how to market a book because the market's huge, especially on Amazon. There's, there's millions of books out there and you don't want to get lost in a the plethora of it all. Um, so what we do as a company, although we are mainly a publishing company, we do level um, offer a level of marketing assistance. So we do promote our authors across all of our distribution channels. We create um, images of their book. We create um, posts. We create content copy. They're included in our newsletter. They get to go on our, our live Facebook show. We also help them. We've got services where we help them to get radio interviews, podcast interviews, magazines. Um, we help them to get into retailers. We help them to get press. So there's, there's quite, we also have got a book trailer package, actually, which we've 
started a few months ago. So we now help authors or we create book trailers for our authors. So it's just impressing upon them the importance of, and they can use every, all the things we've used, you know, on their own social media channels as well. So I think it's important to, if you're putting so much effort into publishing a book, to, to have something in place that's going to keep, you know, that visible at least for the next year of the book's life, because that year is the most important. Yeah, I, I guess it, all authors will have goals, won't they? Um, and I guess one of the, the 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 biggest goals is I want this to be a bestseller. And, and I'm sure I'm sure there are all sorts of different definitions of bestseller. If you've written some yeah. if you've written some fiction, you know it, it'd be really nice for it to go mega global and to pick up all sorts yeah. of film deals and all of that sort of thing, if possible. If you're writing a, a business book, a marketing book, I don't think you unless it's an absolute completely different take on everything you know you're not going to spend you're not going to sell millions and millions and millions of copies in the same way as you if you came up with the next harry potter i guess but i think you've still got to have a goal haven't you and what is it that you want to achieve with this book is it to amplify your personal brand is it and i'm thinking about myself from a from for a moment it could be more like a, 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 well it's an interesting one i mean I've never been under the um, illusion that it would ever become a multi-million bestseller. This is just my my experience over twenty odd years of keeping things simple. And I'm doing a lot more speaking now. I've, I um, I used to do loads of speaking when I was younger. Then I got too high up in big corporate and clogged up in all the bureaucracy and crap that goes on in in big corporate. And, and I sort of got out of the habit of it. But since I left big corporate seven years ago and became a consultant again. I've resurrected my speaking career. So one of the main goals for this book, when it does get published, it's more like a a, a big business card in a, in a way. It's a way of getting more speaking gigs. I would see it as something that I could say to a conference producer, well, okay, you might not be able to pay me X amount to speak, but you might buy 50 copies of the book to give out to the um, attendees, that sort of thing. So I'm not thinking mega bestseller i'm thinking this is really to support my my business as a speaker and as a marketing consultant yeah and that's it you've got to be savvy about where you are in terms of you know what your goals are what it is that you want a lot of people talk about bestsellers mm. um, <laughs> that's a whole new podcast even though a bestseller you could sell you know i don't know 10 books in one particular very niche category and then you've got bestseller status on amazon for a day yeah you know or you might want to have a long-term goal. Maybe it'll be better to have a long-term goal. I want to write a book to increase my credibility. Um, you know, what's the word? Enhance my authority in a particular field or expertise in a particular field and get more speaking gigs. And those are the speaking gigs that are going to create that revenue because you're going to be hopefully paid for those gigs yeah. and then also gain clients from them. So I always say to authors that your main source of revenue should, won't come through your books. Unless you're J.K. Rowling or, you know, Maya Angelou or Alice Walker, then it is, let's be realistic. It's not going to come through your books. It's going to come through what your book is going to afford you to do. So if you've written um, to, for example, we've got uh, a child and adult psychologist who's written a book called Your Happy Child. And she's created an online course based all around it. She's now going into schools based on, you know, the principles in the book, running workshops and doing one-to-one -one coaching. This is where your, your goal is. Your book is a marketing tool to get you um, in front of a global audience so that they can then become your long-term clients. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. goals like that that I'm, I'm really interested in as opposed to the short-term goals, 
Um, obviously, with fiction books, <laughs> they're not necessarily to, to to highlight a brand. Some people want to share their story because they want to inspire and empower others. Mm. You know, others want to write a sci-fi fiction book because writing is their passion and their absolute love. So there's all different types of authors and different types of books and different goals. But I always impress upon the authors how important it is to know what your goal is at the end of the, the journey. Well, before you start the journey, really. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and obviously, this is the marketing and finance podcast, and we talk a lot about marketing strategy. And one of the ways that people fail in their general marketing, whether it's books, whether it's products, widgets, whatever it might be that they're selling, cupcakes, a lot of people don't have goals and they don't have a strategic goal. And the the fact that they don't is one of the reasons why they don't succeed. A, because they've got nothing to measure their progress against but also if you haven't got a goal then you're almost directionless so it is very very important and it's quite it's quite nice that you've effectively endorsed the thinking that I've, I've had as I've been putting this together so again don't really know much about this um i've got to the stage now where some people are saying to me well actually all you need to do now is you can go on amazon and they do this thing called print on demand so they don't physically print anything until somebody orders it and then i presume there's some whizzy factory somewhere that just rustles up a copy puts it in the post and and it goes out presumably that's not what you're doing um, you want a consultation now, Roger, don't you? No, well, <laughs> that one of the be- one of the benefits of podcasting is getting free consultations from the guests. <laughs> That's great. Well, it's part of it. I mean, I know Amazon used to have something called Create Space, which I'm, I'm not a big fan of at all because it's quite restrictive. They've now become savvy to that because of the competitors offer much better distribution. So they've got something called KDP, Kindle mm. Direct Publishing, where you can upload your book through that channel. However, um, you can you can use that channel. You can also use other channels as well. With KDP, it means you're restricted again just to Amazon. Yeah. So we use um, a distribution platform called Ingram Spark, which then allows your book to be. You taking notes here, Roger? <laughs> <laughs> it allows your book to be distributed to over thirty nine thousand online retailers. So it's not restrictive. Mm-hmm. So it's very much similar to Amazon in the sense that it's print on demand. You can order your books whenever you want. They take care of the whole third party sales and the packaging and the and the you know the books and everything like that you're a complete charge of your royalties you can track your sales it's very easy to use um so that that's a platform um that we use to um print and distribute books too but that's a tiny part of the, the whole process so, t- so tell, <laughs> tell me a little bit more about what you do then to help authors you know imagine that uh, i'm a i'm a, a new client and we're in that 30 second consultation what what's the process that i would have to go to <laughs> oh my gosh, okay so we offer two main services one is mentoring and publishing and the other one is straight publishing so mentoring and publishing is for those who want help with a bigger vision of their book so it's a lot more you know we have an hour vision discovery session we'll talk about the vision so as you were saying what's your goals do you want to get more speaking gigs okay well where can we look for speaking gigs let's create a list what kind of bookshops do you want to get your book into look at let's look at um uh, press that you might want to get let's look at organizations that you might want to affiliate yourself with or contact um we also help people with book launches. There are, we have six one-hour phone calls. So there's a lot more one-to-one guidance. Both the mentoring and the publishing result in a fully published book. So there's a lot in that mentoring package. I'm not going to go into it. So um, the publishing, the basic publishing package is it will do everything from the editing to the proofreading to the typesetting, which is the interior layout, design of the book. 
we'll do any illustrations, we'll do the book cover, we'll also directly link you to the distributor and do all the boring technical work that nobody wants to do. So <laughs> everything that you can imagine needed to create, publish and distribute both the digital and paperback or hardback copy of your book. Um, and again, we have additional services like a book launch trailer package or a book trailer package. Uh, we do a level of marketing. But our, you know, our main our main thing is publishing a book. And it, one of the questions that again comes up um, in conversation, and this isn't really just about books. Actually, it's about content in general. And and I have a I have a a theory about this, but I'll, I'll ask you ask you it from from the book the point of view of books. For example, if somebody's saying, oh, you, you need to be doing more video in your marketing, there is a school of thought that says a video can't be more than two or three minutes long because these days people have got the attention spans of goldfish and if it's longer than two or three minutes, they ain't going to watch it. And then there's another school of thought that says that if you're writing a blog post, then it really, you know, really good successful blog post needs to be at least 3,000 words. So you're going into a bit of detail into the subject matter. And if it's only 300 words, you know, people are just going to skim read it and not they're not going to get embroiled within it. And I guess similarly from a book point of view, there is a, if it's a business book, you know, you're talking between 40,000 and 60,000 words. Now, I often don't listen to these experts that say these things because looking at video, for example, somebody will go and binge watch 60 episodes of Game of Thrones or they'll go and watch three series worth of Breaking Bad or whatever and, and and I know people go on YouTube and they'll watch, watch somebody wandering around a theme park for four hours or they'll watch somebody playing a game, a shooting game for four hours. My, my, my opinion has always been that if the content, whether the content's video, whether the content's you know, written, blog or book, if it's good, people will consume it. If it's crap, it doesn't really matter whether it's one minute long, 100 minutes long or five pages long or 100 pages long they're going to put it down what is there a is there a good length for a book or is 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 it more just about what's in it um well we're sort of talking about video i think with video it's important to put people in those first few moments and i think again it really goes back to purpose what's mm. the purpose of the video if the purpose mm. of the video is to teach um and again looking at your audience who is your audience um, if you're targeting, for example, really busy mothers and you're giving them a guide, you know, how to juggle your life, <laughs> how to juggle your kids and, and balancing your time, you're not going to give them a really thick book to read. No. It, it's just too much. <laughs> it's too much. So you want something really simple, really accessible, easy to d dip in and out of. So I think it's got to be about considering your audience. Um Yes, there are suggestions about particular type of books that this book shouldn't be this long. This book, and it, it, it's true to an extent. I do also believe that people have a shorter attention span, unfortunately, and so books that are between, let's say, forty-five to sixty thousand words are more easily consumed than something that's like one hundred and ten thousand words. Mm. But in saying that, you know, we've we've got a thirteen-year-old girl who wrote in six weeks during the six weeks holiday, uh, 110, sorry, it's an 84,000 word sci-fi novel. Wow. And it's gripping. And we've had teenagers who have read it within days because they've been hooked and interested in the book. And it's also someone they can relate to as well. So I think you've got to take it with a pinch of salt. And, and the most important thing is to, to really think about who your audience is and, and creating a book that's engaging. I always find, um, for me anyway, I love reading and I, I can, you know, can shoot. I've already read three, four books um, in 2020, mainly because I have to. Mm. But, 
suggest that. I've read three or four books already um, since the 1st of January. But I think it's always good to have something that people can interact with, maybe mm-hmm. a reflection point or an interaction Mm-hmm. Um, interactive exercise or reflective exercise that they can engage in. So it's all about engagement, I think. Yeah. Actually, just as an aside, you'll have to tell me when that sci-fi book's published because I'm a massive sci-fi nut myself. And if, if it can engage teenagers, then I'm sure it can engage me. Um, I, I sent I sent off my book to to an editor, and it was, I think the starting point was about, it was about 60,000 words. And when I got the um, edited version back, I was expecting it to have been halved in size or you know, severely truncated. And I was, I was absolutely delighted because the lady had changed it from what was effectively a series of blog posts all stuffed together um, with some linking material. And she, she'd done a really good job to make it look like a book, but she didn't actually reduce it that much. There's a couple of areas she said well actually you know these stories are a little bit long and yeah again attention spans and stuff but she didn't feel as if she wanted to interfere that with that because she thought they were good stories but she did say you might want to cut that back a bit is is that is that how editing works or or you know maybe again it was just preconceived expectations that i had there i always say good editing is not about chopping Mm. it's about trimming and it's about keeping the authentic voice it's about trimming and strengthening um, there's different types of editing, you know, with a sci-fi book or a, a novel. We're actually working on a 110,000 word sci-fi novel, which is coming out. Yeah. It is phenomenal. It's honestly, the writing is just fantastic. Um, so there's different levels of editing. So you have the content editing. So that looks at, you know, is a plot working, is a structure working, are the characters developed? Then you've got the, the copy editing, which is about, you know, have you said that this character's got blue eyes in chapter one and suddenly they've got brown eyes in chapter 15? You know, so it looks for those, those different um, cross-references information and then proofreading, which is the last layer. Um, people often think editing is just proofreading. That's yeah. just the last, that's the icing on the cake, you know, the typos and everything else. But really, it's about keeping the author's authentic voice, um, trimming where you can, but it's, it's never really, it shouldn't be about chopping. Shouldn't be about chopping. I don't think it should be. No. But then again, in a sci-fi novel, there may be a very good reason why a character has blue eyes in the start and then brown eyes at the end. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's, 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 it's a fascinating subject, and, and obviously there's lots of, of uh, different angles to this, um, Daniela, but... What would you say was the one big thing that you'd like the listeners of the Marketing and Finance podcast, particularly those who are thinking of either starting to write a book or maybe they're, they're in the middle of it or, or maybe they're, they're, they're towards the end of the actual writing process like I am, what would be the one thing that you'd like them to take away from the experience you've had not only writing your own book but actually launching your own publishing business um i would definitely say to really be clear on your message and who your audience and market is and be clear on your why because your why is what i don't know if you read simon cynic start with why your why is what's going to hold you strong throughout that process whenever you get lost make sure you have a structure before you start and don't 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 cut corners because it's easy to say right i finished writing my book i'm just going to give it a read over and then upload onto amazon there's so much more so hire a professional a book journey mentor like myself we've got a professional team of editors typesetters designers you know all under one roof just make sure that you're doing it professionally and properly that would be my main piece of advice yeah, you don't want it to look like it was hacked together, obviously. Obviously, I, mean, yeah. I, can, I can imagine if, if I'd have just uploaded my original draft, as I said, it looked like some some load of blog posts 
tagged together. That that doesn't look very professional. And obviously, I was absolutely delighted with what the editor did to that first draft. And I, I can absolutely, absolutely buy into what you're saying. Daniela, I'm hoping that people listening to the podcast, again, those people who are in the process of thinking about it or already started writing, might want to get in touch with you. So tell me, how should they get in touch with you at Conscious Dreams Publishing? Well, you can head over to my website, which is www.consciousdreamspublishing. I'm also offering free 30-minute consultations, which you can also book via the site as well. I'm on Facebook and Instagram under Conscious Dreams Publishing. And if you want to connect with me personally, I'm on LinkedIn under Daniela Blechner. Fantastic. Daniela, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you this afternoon. I apologise for taking the free consultancy, but that's one of the consequences of uh, being a podcast guest, I guess. Uh, Let me wish you every success for the future of Conscious Dreams Publishing. No doubt we'll have another chat at some point in the future, possibly about my own book. But in the meantime, thanks for coming on the show. I'll put your uh, contact details in the show notes for the podcast, which you can find at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF. That's rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF. Daniela, Thank you very much again. Thank you so much, Roger. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. I'll catch you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep marketing your business to keep growing your business.